What's up? This is Fred Blumenberg, and welcome to the dark side of your authenticity. This is the calm down version <laughs> of Fred. I am talking about the dark side, the dark side of your authenticity. And when you come to this episode, I want you to really think about um, the bad and the ugly, because that's what I'm going to tell you about in my life when it comes to things that have gone wrong. And this is not, you know, just about, hey, this is how you get over something. This is to expose my faults. This is to show you a lot of things that have happened to me so that you understand why I'm upbeat and why I'm motivated and why I'm energetic uh, energetic to do the things that I do. And so I really want you to understand what the dark side of your authenticity is about. It's about the bad and the ugly. It's about stuff that people just aren't willing to show you on social media. And you know me, I'm authentic. I'm willing to show you all of that. Because I really just don't give a shit about what people think about my life. And I don't care how people perceive me because I'm willing to expose the stuff that other people aren't willing to expose about themselves. So the dark side of your authenticity is about really tackling today's challenging moments. And it's really a opposite of the um, positive mindset, Monday positive mindset warrior episodes. So when I say the opposite... Um, I want people to understand that when I challenge you, I have already been challenged in that area myself. And so Wednesdays is my opportunity to tell you and to assure you that if you're having this challenging time with that challenge that I gave you on Monday, let me give you a little bit of insight about me and what I had to go through. Okay, so you know me. This is authentic. The dark side of your authenticity. I'm purposely giving you some of the hard moments that have happened to me. And it's really about helping you understand that it's okay to have your hard moments and that you'll get through them and you'll come through the other side. So, you know me, I'm all about being authentic. I bring the bad and the ugly with these episodes. These drop every Wednesday. I haven't been able to do as many of these Wednesday episodes as I'd like because I'm a one-man show right now and, um, you know, I can only do so much. So, the purpose of these episodes is to give you some deeper insight about me and what I've gone through. So today's episode is uh, is titled The Unlucky Times or A Necessary Evil, The Unlucky Times. Now, Monday's challenge was about how to create your own luck because St. Patty's Day is today. (laughs) The luck of the Irish, right? And it's really important to understand that successful people don't avoid failures. They don't avoid embarrassment. They don't avoid imposter syndrome. They don't avoid all the things that you might be trying to avoid. And it's really important to understand that in order for you to achieve anything, you got to go through some hard times, man. So I'm going to give you some hard times that I went through since I started my entrepreneur journey in 2015 so that you understand how I even got here And maybe some of this stuff can really just give you some greater perspective of where you are in your life right now. I'm not going to go over every single bad thing that has happened to me. I'm going to tell you some pretty profound things that have happened to me since 2015. So first of all, 2015 is a magical year because in October of 20... Well, let me start at the beginning. May. 
in May of 2015, Michelle and I found out that she was pregnant. And that was, we, if you guys know my kids, I have four kids now. But at the time, I had Trey. Um, he's my oldest. Then I had Ellie. And Skylar was the youngest. And at that point, I was done. I was like, yep, I'm good. No more kids. But I didn't get a vasectomy. You want to know why? Because I was chicken. I was scared. I didn't want nobody snipping me down there. And because I didn't get a vasectomy, well, that led to whoopsie daisy. <laughs> we joke around. We joke around and, and we don't say that to her. We don't, you know, we don't we don't want to do her like that. But yeah, when when she was pregnant, I, I, I had an oh shit moment. Like how how I don't even know how the three kids I have right now are hard as fuck. Daycare was kicking my ass and the job that I was working as a paraprofessional was not bringing in any money relevant whatsoever. And Michelle was is a teacher, so she was bringing in good money because she had been a teacher forever. But this was an incredible amount of stress on our family in terms of finances. I've always been the weakest link in the chain when it comes to finances because I just wasn't making enough money. And my problem was a mindset thing. I was stuck. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And when I, at that moment, I was 36 in 2015, I I, I, I was stuck, man. 36, 37? Yeah, 37. I was 37 and I didn't, I was approaching 40. And I'm like, I I just don't know what I want to do. But I know I don't want to work as a paraprofessional through my 40s. I don't want to do that. And so when uh, mama found out that she was pregnant with Daisy, I was like, this is fucking crazy. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to have to find a new job. And so, at the time, I did have a new job. It was a job in, I was a CIA. <laughs> That's what, that was the initials, Crisis Intervention Assistant at Schaumburg School District 54. And I loved it, but it was an hour and a half drive there and back. Three hours a day, I'm in my car. And so, you know, I was making decent money through there. You know, I felt better because I was making decent money, but I was killing my mind driving there and back. It was just killing my soul. And so for me, it it just, it was okay. It was what it was. I had to sacrifice that time and I had to sacrifice, you know, my sanity to make that money for my kids. That's where I was in my mind. And then some extenuating circumstances happened at the school and then I had to resign in October of that same year. So now I'm in October of that year and I'll never forget I was in the parking lot mad as hell at myself thinking I just fucked this up. I fucked up everything. I don't have a job. It's all on my wife right now because I'm out of a job and I have four kids and at the time Daisy, listen, we found out we were pregnant with Daisy in May. Um, It wasn't until Uh, I'm sorry, it was May of, right, May of 2016? May of 2016, forgive me, May of 2016 is when uh, we found out we were pregnant with Daisy. So let me back up. I had a job in 2015, I resigned from the job in 2015, in October of 2015. And we didn't find out we were pregnant with Daisy until uh, May of 2016. Okay, so I'm going to let me regroup here and let me tell the story again. In 2015, I lost my job. That was the first big thing that happened to me. And at the time, I had three kids. And I really thought that I really fucked up royally, which I did. And 
I went back to my old school district, worked there, but I wasn't making enough money. And then I compounded that problem by not getting a vasectomy. And then we found out Daisy was uh, on the way, a bun in the oven, in May of 2016. (laughs) And that's when I was like, oh, fuck. And so the funny part about all of this is losing my job, bro, that was like, (laughs) that's like a kick in the nuts. Because that's instant stress. And what that taught me, and this is the reason why I say this to people, is that you have to force change in your life. You know, that day that I resigned from my job and I was sitting in the parking lot, you know, I asked myself some real direct questions, some real yes and no questions. There was no vagueness, no bullshit. It was, do you think you're a good dad? No. Do you think you're a good husband? No. Do you want to be a multimillionaire? Yep. Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Yep. Do you know how to be one? No. (laughs) Will you do whatever it takes to become successful as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Are you ready to get started? Yes. So when I made that decision in the parking lot in October of 2015, I know the exact date. It was October 7 of 2015. That's when I resigned from Schaumburg. And so I tell you these things because I want you to really realize when I lost my job, I could have easily went in the direction of, oh my God, why me? Why now? Why this? But I didn't, man. I sat down with myself and the first thing I said to myself was, I'm fucking losing. Why am I losing? Like, what am I doing wrong? Why do I keep coming back to this spot where I get a new job and I either fuck it up or I need another new job in the next year or so because I can't keep up with inflation? Like, what am I? That game plan is not working. And it's clearly a, a losing game plan because I keep doing the same shit, getting the same result in a different year. So that was when I got, I was, I was tired. My grandma used to say, you'll know when you're tired, when you tired. And tired means you're done with your situation. There is no compromising. There is no understanding. It's time to move on. And so at that point, that was stressful. I felt very unlucky. And I was in a spot where I was like, bro, I just need money. And the cool thing about it was I came to a very quiet just space in my head where I got very clear on what I wanted. And so this is the reason why I talk about using yes, no questions and not leaving any gray in between. There was no how I felt at the time because I was tired. I was tired of losing, man. I was tired of fucking up. I felt like a failure. I was tired of working nine to five and just jumping job to job. I was tired of fucking up. So it was time to get really fucking clear on what I wanted. And that was the first time in my life that I actually got really clear on what I wanted. When I say clear, there was no, do you want to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, but I don't know how to do it and I don't have the money, but I got kids. There was none of that, dude. There was, yes, I do. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Yep. And once I got really clear with that, I was able to move forward. And it doesn't mean that I didn't have challenges. It just meant I was fucking clear on the direction I was moving. So I remember when I made that decision, I remember popping open Facebook not too many days later and seeing this guy named Grant Cardone. And I remember a short dude talking all this shit. You know, he wasn't really talking shit. He was just loud, boisterous, over the top. And I remember he... He was intriguing. And I remember the first time I saw him on my Facebook, I looked at a video, it was playing, and I saw him saying words, and I scrolled right by him. And I said, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Because I did that before. 
So this is very profound. I did that before. That same action of me passing through certain shit that looks important, me just passing it by is what got me to broke, unhappy in that location in the parking lot. So I need to do a 180. So let me listen to what this guy has to say. And then once I started listening to him, everything he was saying was on point. You know, you need to have a good, strong work ethic. You need to think bigger. You need to attack your goals, everything. And so immediately after that, I said, you know what? I'm going to look this dude up. <laughs> he sound good. He, I'm going to look him up. So I went to Instagram and LinkedIn. I fucking went everywhere. And the one thing that stuck in my head, this dude had massive content everywhere, dude. Everywhere. I'm talking... You could scroll forever and you would probably go through about a week. And I was like, I have never seen this before, ever in my entire life. I've never seen some someone have so much content on so many platforms that you literally could scroll forever and you wouldn't even be able to get through a few months. And so that really hit me hard. And so I said, I got to know more about this guy. Maybe he's got some books. Maybe. Look, I didn't even know who the hell Grant was, but I said, let me check him out. And so I remember he said he had a book called The 10X Rule. And now, mind you, again, I'd never read books. I, didn't, I don't like reading books. I'm very ADD. I can't sit down and read a book. So I said, okay, I haven't read books. I'm not a book reader. Let me figure out how I can make this work. I can do audiobooks. Again, doing something different, doing a 180. I never read a fucking book. It got me broke. Now I'm like, yo, let me, let me read a book. And so I, read a, I found he had The 10X Rule. After that, blew me away. The 10X rule had one quote. Commit first, figure the rest out later. Commit first, figure the rest out later. That quote hit me like a ton of bricks. Because once I heard that, it made everything make sense. My problem with a lot of things was commitment. It was commitment, man. Because I did everything in reverse. I tried to figure everything out first and then I would commit based on the results or how I felt or how things were going. And when he said commit first, that made total sense. Like you have to do this thing and commitment means you made a promise to yourself to see it all the way through no matter what. That's it. Commit first. You'll figure it out as you go along. So that helped me to understand as long as you're committed, you can start and it doesn't have to be perfect. There doesn't have to be this, um, you know, magical path to success. You don't have to do things perfectly. It's not about being perfect anyway. You just got to be committed. Show up every day. I said, I can do that. So then as time went on and when Daisy got, when she was born, um, I remember Michelle sent me a text after Daisy was born in February of 2017. I remember that I leveled up at a new job within the school and you know, using Grant's techniques, also listening to a few other entrepreneurs as well, um, I was feeling good. I finally leveled up at a job. I was making good money. Uh, you know, me and Michelle were doing pretty good financially. Daisy was born and then Michelle sent me a text. It was like a distress signal. She was like, I can't do this anymore. And when she said that it wasn't about like our marriage, it was about the fact that, you know, Daisy was a very hard baby, very hard, cried all the time, got very little sleep. And she was just riding all of us. Meanwhile, Sky was still little too. And so here we are, um, paying daycare for both of these girls daycare was like $2,800 it was like ridiculous and so I'm sorry it was four, was it 1400 whatever the case it was a lot of fucking money 
And when she sent me this that text, I was at work. And I said, okay, okay. This, I, we can't do this here. And I'll never forget, in the book, The 10X Rule, Grant said, you have to get out of your comfort zone, out of your situation. And I remember a story of how he said he moved from, I think it was La Jolla, California, all the way to Miami, Florida. So for me, that was a sign. I was like, okay, why don't we try to move to Idaho? You want to move to Idaho? Let's move to Idaho. It, it was, and, and I want you to understand something. I never wanted to move to Idaho. I was that guy that was like, fuck Idaho. I ain't trying to move out there. Well, what, what would I move to the West Coast for? Why? I'm a, I'm a Chicago guy. But we, we moved to Idaho. We said, you know what? We committed to it. And the funny thing about this, and it's probably going to be the last story I'm going to try to fit it in here. Um, the funny thing about us moving is that at that point when I said that to her, it was in my head, I had committed to Idaho. It's not like we had a house out here to rent. Yo, you know how hard it is to rent houses. Now that I know what I know now, it's absolutely amazing that we got a place out here. Because I was, I, we quit our job. She sent me that text. I think it was in like March. We quit our job in June of 2017 without having a place. Let me tell you something. We quit our jobs. She was working at her school for like over a decade and she put in her papers. I was working at my job and had been in that district for over a decade, but I was working at the new job for only like six months and I put in my resignation. And so we committed to it, committed to it, commit first, figure the rest out later. We called as many people as we could, finally got a deal on a house out here that we're renting. And so what's so amazing about that is that we went through some hard times. Yo, it was a lot of praying. Because there was a point where on our move out here, um, we didn't have a house set up. There was a point where we were paying August rent for the days that we were staying in Illinois. And then we were paying partial August rent for the days that we were going to be staying here in Idaho. Because when we finally found this house, we it, it was like <laughs> it was like we owed eight thousand dollars because the truck itself to get out here was almost five grand, and then we had to have first and last month's rent on that on this house, and then the month's rent on the other. It, it was so much money; it was ridiculous. And so I tell you that because you're gonna have stuff like that happen to you, man. You're gonna have stuff that's gonna be so incredibly taxing to your mindset that you're gonna be like, I can't take much more. And then let's not stop there because in 2018 I got a freak knee infection. Like, dude, I was the I was the <laughs> the book of health, and all of a sudden I got a knee infection. Can't even bend my leg. That shit took. That was like I was being shot out the sky. To this day, I can't bend my left leg fully. I can bend it 90 degrees. I can't bend it fully, meaning I can't get out and down in a catcher squat. That happened in 2018. And if I didn't have the right mindset when I went into the hospital, bro, I would have been whew, I would have been there a lot longer than I wanted to be because having a positive mind that I had, there were some dark days in the hospital, man, because you're in a bed, you're sick, you can't go anywhere. It's not like you can Go to your kitchen and get out the food that you want and feel comfortable in your own house. You're in a fucking hospital where they're taking blood every day. They're, you know, you know what I mean? They're, they're poking and prodding you. The machines are constantly hooked up to you. You know, it, dude, it was depressing. There were some dark days where I, I could see how someone would want to commit suicide. I'm not even joking. And so 2018 was a rough ass year. 
I had a pick line inserted in my arm. If you've never had a pick line, I guess they put this thing in your arm that can give you antibiotics, but it's all the way to your heart. It was crazy shit. That was 2018. And then in 2019, I uh, helped an entrepreneur buddy. I also helped an entrepreneur buddy in 2018. I was killing myself, just trying to put my shit together, my business together. I had to pick up a few jobs here and there. I worked with my buddy in 2018, moving company. I did a lot of shit. So now when 2020 came and the pandemic hit, I was just like, yo, it's just like 2018 with the hospital. We good. No fear. We good. And so I tell you all this because all of those things have gotten me here. And if you look at my timeline and my history on any social media platform at The Real Fred Lee, if you go there, you will see exactly what I talk about with Grant Cardone. When Grant had 10 times the amount of, you know, social media interactions and posts that other people could really feed off of on every platform. You see that from me. When you see me telling you my story, that is me getting a piece from Gary V that said, yo, tell your journey. Don't be afraid to tell your journey, all of it. That is from Gary V. Um, when you hear me cursing, <laughs> that's the Andy Frisella side of me. If you don't know Andy Frisella, he used to have a podcast called the MFCEO Project. Now I think he has one. Oh, I, I should know what it is. Gosh darn it, I can't remember what it's called. But um, Andy Frisella, very rough dude, but he owns a company called First Form. And I listened to a lot of his content that gave very practical, straightforward advice that has helped me to this day. So a lot of my, you know, cursing tirades come from Andy Frisella in terms of who has impacted me in these different areas. So when you see me and you see me just being happy and um, you see my family, you see me telling the story with my family, you see me having 10x content on my social media and you see me cursing and getting wild and out of control. I want you to understand that it was those unlucky moments I had to go through, man, that created me. Because at the lowest moments, bro, the lowest moments are there to grow you. So anything that you feel is unlucky or you feel like you're in a space that you're being challenged, bro, you got to understand you're growing. You're like a weightlifter, power lifter in the gym. You can't get better without, you know, crushing some heavy ass weight that you're that that is crushing you. And you have to understand these moments are mentally mentally challenging to you they're mentally growing that brain muscle if your brain muscle is not challenged it's going to atrophy and that's unfortunately what most people have because they constantly run away from risk they constantly run away from stress and they constantly run away from fear and because they do that you know, listen all the things that I told you I did not know I was going to have a fourth child and I thought I was done I did not know I was going to live in Sandpoint, Idaho. I thought I was going to be in Chicago for a long time. I did not know I was going to quit a good job that I was getting paid and Michelle was getting paid and come out here and be an entrepreneur. I did not know that. But I stepped out on faith, man. And the most important thing that's kept me going is commit first. Figure the rest out later. You got to be committed. And in your commitment, you have to be willing to deviate to things that you might not want to do, but it doesn't mean you quit. So along the way on my entrepreneur journey, even though I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I still needed a job. That's practicality. That doesn't mean I quit on my dream. It just means when I'm not working, I'm working on my dream. And this is where 
Gary V comes in with that. He says, yo, if you're working a nine to five, then your ass should be working a five to nine on your hustle or a five to 12 on your side hustle. You're not quitting on that. So when I had to get jobs, the first thing I thought was, it's somebody that I either have to impact here, somebody that I need to meet here, or there's something I need to learn here. This is just a stepping stone. Somebody I either need to impact here, somebody I need to network here, or uh, there's something I need to learn here. This is just a stepping stone. Every job I've had is a stepping stone. So I was fine to get a job because it was a stepping stone. It never meant that I quit. It was a stepping stone. So if you're going through some hard times right now, I want you to save this podcast episode. And I want you to think about the time that you felt unlucky. And I want you to listen to this because this is straight authenticity. Nobody's going to give you this on any social media platform. They're not going to give you the real deal. They're not going to tell you what's really going on. Very, 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 very few people because everybody wants to act like a beast. I'm the only one that's going to tell you authenticity. Guys, it's your boy Fred Blumenberg on this podcast episode, The Dark Side of Your Authenticity. I am going to give you my bad and ugly so that it can help you in your time of need. Guys, I love you. Be blessed. You like this podcast, please leave a uh, review on it, man. I really, truly appreciate you. And I love all of y'all. See you on the other side. Man.